Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. So this week on the Backstage Show, we're going to be talking about whatever comes to mind. Wow, is this a thought exercise of some type? Um, I guess so. It's more just that we're running out of topics. Oh, boy. <laughs> we are doomed. We are doomed. If you do have any topic ideas and there's something specific you'd like to hear us babble about, you can, of course, go to backstage.link and click on Contact the Show. And there are many ways to do that. There are. By phone, by text, by email. Email, by carrier pigeon. No, we don't <laughs> have that one. But there is just a contact form. You could just fill out the form. That's new. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good to Try to make that. it easy for you to contact us. Try to make it easy for us. It would be good if you did make it easy on us and give us more things to talk about. <laughs> if you want to keep hearing this, if you don't want to keep hearing it, just ignore us. Then and don't subscribe. <laughs> don't download this episode. Wait. You may want to You may want to skip this one right off the bat. Well, Go technically, the they can listen to it without downloading it. That's you true. can stream it. Well, you can still skip this one right off the bat and just go on to the next one. It <laughs> yes. might be infinitely more interesting. It might be, or maybe this is more your liking, uh, just us babbling about whatever comes to mind. Theater-wise, of course, we're trying to right. focus on yeah, that. That, so, that is the overarching theme of the show. Yes. Well, in my case, I suppose maybe it's worth talking about me thinking about where I'm going next with theater. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat right now, but I think for different reasons, I think yours is... I think for me, it's a somewhat different thing. Yours is more... Existential? (laughs) What's the word? Yours is more a factor of burnout, I think, and Uh, mine is more just difficulty finding the time. Okay, yeah. I would say, in my case, time is not really so much the issue, although I will also recognize that the time I spend on theater takes away time that maybe I want to spend on other things. Yes. Like with other people in my life. Yeah, well... And it's the same with me. It's other people in my life, but I think having a kid tends to take up a lot more of that time and sure. it's a little more difficult to... A younger kid, especially that. Yeah. I mean, it might be a matter of literally tearing myself away from him or prying him off. <laughs> True. In my case, yeah, there are other things I recognize that I would maybe like to spend more time on. Sure. Um, Your painting, for instance. My painting. Yeah, the <laughs> painting that I've never started. My sculpting that I've <laughs> yes. never started. All other, these things that I've always said yeah. I'm going to well, get back to. And Maybe your music. That's one option. Uh, I've also started to develop more of an interest over the last several months in photography. Mm -hmm. I would perhaps like to explore more involvement with videography Mm -hmm. in the future. These are just. You need a video editor, I'm available. Okay, I will keep that in mind. (laughs) These are. Some of these things are admittedly compatible with theater. Yeah. Which is good. Others don't have as much directly to do with them, or my interest lies in other subject matter. Mm -hmm. that kind of thing so balancing all that against you know spending quality time with people going to work yeah because theater is let's not kid ourselves theater is a very big very time-consuming commitment Mm -hmm. depending on what you're doing it can be more or less time-consuming you're doing a little bit more sound design now because that can take a little bit less time There are advantages of focusing on that I think it's a bit more flexible Mm -hmm. in terms of the scheduling of it it's a type of activity that I can largely do on my own. Right. Which to deal with those pesky people. <laughs> people. As I become more and more of a recluse, 
there's just more flexibility. I don't necessarily have to commit to having to be at so many rehearsals. Yeah. I obviously have to probably show up at some point, especially in certain cases. I just went through this where I had to record some of the actors for certain pieces of dialogue yeah. for a show. So that at least got me out of the house and got me to the theater and got me to see some of the rehearsal process. Keeps and you off the streets. Yeah. You know, allows me to avoid my other bad habits <laughs> and addictions. Indeed. We won't get into that any further, but it's flexible. <laughs> yeah, that's for a future episode. That's <laughs> another podcast. Theater addiction <laughs> or addictions in lieu of theater. Yes. One of the two. But anyway, yes, that it keeps you involved without being as large of a commitment, I guess. Yes, there is definitely that element to it. I am not as restricted to overlapping shows. Right. I can I could theoretically do all the sound design for all the shows in one theater's particular season. If you could, if the opportunity presented itself, I think that might be a little busier than you're thinking. It might be. I guess it depends. Not really, because it varies show to show. Sound design wise, there's some you know, like when I'm directing and there's like 60 cues that overlap with each other and that kind of thing. That'll take you a lot more than something that just has you know a phone ringing. Sure, depends on the complexity of the show, obviously. Yeah. These are certainly areas I plan to continue keeping my toe, my foot in the door, as it were. Uh, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the process. It still gets me interacting with people. I get feedback from people. I get to work with that element of it. I don't have to worry about, oh, boy, I have to be at three rehearsals this week for three hours at a pop for the next eight weeks. Mm -hmm. That could get old sometimes, depending on how invested one is in the That's kind of the situation that I'm in now where – you know, this is airing a bit later than what's going on with me right now. We're trying to record some stuff in advance and we're on our third episode. So this is going to be old news by now, but I'm working on consulting, directing a show. And that is something where I'm trying to go to a good number of the rehearsals because this is a first time director and she likes having me there and everything. Mm. And like, it's also dealing with issues with my son who can be quite a handful at times and has some needs and every time I say I'm going to rehearsal it's like no daddy I don't want you to go and like last week I was committed to go to a rehearsal I think it was on a Wednesday and there was all sorts of combating issues between him and how I was reacting to things and I was reacting poorly and it just it's hard to focus on a show and a rehearsal and while yes technically I probably could have gone late my brain was in another place at that point and it's hard for me to focus I miss it I loved directing. I loved having the time to direct and act and do all this. But it feels to me that making that sort of commitment right now is just not a possibility. Yeah, that can be a hurdle. I'm really not wrestling with as much of the external elements as you are in that regard. I'm more wrestling with myself. And I think I was there before my son was born where I was kind of getting to a point where I'm like, it felt like the same thing over and over. And I'm like, all right, you know, I don't feel like dealing with this right now. I've asked myself at times... For me, has theater run its course? It served a place in my life for many years. Mm -hmm. Is it still scratching that itch or filling that same void or need as it used to? And if it isn't, then... Has it become a burden? Has it become a burden? Is it time for me to concentrate more on something else? Yeah. I mean, that's a legitimate question. Do you think, like, is your enjoyment totally gone? Have you gotten that burned out? Or do you think it's just a matter of, you know what, I need some time off. I need to get away and not not worry about shows for six months or a year. Well, I've been in that pattern, I would say. Mm -hmm. Every time I finish directing a show, I end up 
taking probably at least about a year off, certainly from directing. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's and from directing. But you're still staying involved. Like, when was the last time you had time with just not working on any show at all? I can't remember specifically. See? That might be it. I don't because know. even keeping that toe dipped in, even with just the sound design, I, I think your brain is enough in the theater world where it's not a true break. I could see that. I think the level of effort involved in it, though, is certainly nothing that I have a problem with. Mm-hmm. I can I could work on a sound design plot for a show in, say, a few Sundays or something to that effect. That doesn't bother me at all. But I'm not saying the time commitment, but I think like your subconscious mind might be more involved in that. Well, that's a good point that you raise because I'm realizing, too, that even if I'm not actively involved in productions, a lot of my friends are. Mm-hmm. So I'm, at the very least, going to see their shows. Yeah. So it's something I can't escape completely, no matter what I do, unless I decide to not go to their shows anymore, which is not <laughs> what I want to do either. <laughs> well, with having a kid and trying to get a babysitter and, you know, the the cost of going to a show increases exponentially when you're starting to deal with that. And if we can get a babysitter, do we really want to go see a show or do we want to spend some time where we can, like, go to dinner or whatever and talk. Sure. So that's, we've been missing most shows over the last couple of years, at least. Going to shows has not been a problem for me. I still enjoy doing it. But I think as I watch the show, okay, I know what this is. I know what value this would have had had I been involved with it. Uh I probably... I could have done better. No, I probably, (laughs) I'm thinking the opposite. I probably would not have wanted to be immersed in this for two or three months at a time. Watching it, you know, maybe being involved with it for a week for tech stuff or watching it is good enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I needed. Uh, maybe maybe that is where you are then. And maybe you just knew, do need to step back and can, you can continue going to shows and doing your sound design stuff and finding other things to spend your time on. Other itches to scratch as it were. Mm-hmm. Now, the point you raised earlier about consulting directing yeah. kind of has an appeal, I think, to me if the opportunity for me were to come up. Yeah, to do that. I, I both in, like and dislike it. But sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm thinking of it more in terms of not necessarily having to shoulder the whole burden of mounting the production and the vision and whatnot, but mm-hmm. kind of more observational directing, yeah. as it were, looking at what's happening and maybe throwing in some insight or ideas into the process, but also recognizing that this is somebody else's baby and you. What about assisted directing? That's a possibility, perhaps, although I think with an assistant director, you're, the, the commitment level is almost as big. Yeah, generally you're going to be at every you're gonna rehearsal. You're going to be at every rehearsal. In some cases, I may have worked with assistant directors in the past in this regard, but at, and maybe you have as well, if there are situations where, say, the director knows that may not be able to attend all the rehearsals or main yeah. rehearsal, have the assistant director run the rehearsal. The last couple of shows I've directed, which were after my son was born, I have made a point of having assistant directors just in case that I've gotten pulled away from it because of him. So that has been like not, I know I'm going to miss these, but I could be missing these. You know, consulting directing, it's like I was saying, it's, it's good in that it does keep my foot in the door and that sort of thing. And it does help out people who either need that as a requirement or they're new to the game and need the input. But it's also like, it's kind of weird because I still feel somewhat apart from the show rather than a part of it. Kind of an outsider? (laughs) A little bit, because I don't feel that my input is necessarily, 
it's not that it's not as valued. It seems that it's from the perspective of the cast and crew as an entirety, they're not seeing a lot of what goes on behind the scenes just between me and the director. Right. So it's a lot of one-on-one stuff with the director where I'm either fielding specific questions or offering guidance or what I might do in this situation or, you know, yeah, you've lost an actor, but it's going to work out. Reassuring, that kind of thing. Okay, okay. And less input on the specific rehearsals. I'm trying to get there a little more often now because I, I didn't really go while the blocking was occurring. I went for the first few rehearsals, made sure that the director was on solid ground, knew what she was doing, was handling everything fine, and I saw that she was, so it's just like, you know what? I don't need to be here every night. So it was really more being the director's mentor than anything else. Yeah. that's In practice. Th- that's a good way of putting it. It's just kind of, I'm there if you've got any questions or concerns. Now, when I did go to the rehearsals, I did take notes. I offered some stuff. I definitely let the director give her stuff first. If I had a general thought on the scene that was done, I might do that up front. But I want to hear what the director has to say and what her notes are. And a lot of times we'd write down the same thing and I don't need to say it. Mm-hmm. If it's something else, I'd be like, well, I don't know what your thought is, but here I was kind of thinking that maybe this would work better this way or that kind of thing. But at least so far, I, this is the second show I've consulting directed and both directors knew what they were doing going in, had a great vision for the show and were extremely competent and didn't necessarily need me. I think the director I'm working with now might argue that a bit and say, no, I really needed you. And I have supported her a lot of questions and things like that offline outside of rehearsals. So it's a mix of feeling important and feeling like I'm part of the show, but I also feel like from the perspective of the people involved with the show as a whole, I'm barely part. And I don't like that as much. Hmm. I guess I would, what I would find appealing about maybe going in this direction would be having, being helpful to somebody and being able to make suggestions, but not necessarily having the same level of time commitment that I would yeah. had I been and that a is director nice. or assistant director. That is definitely nice to go in and offer some suggestions and give some notes without being like, you know what? I can't make this rehearsal. Sorry. Yeah. That being okay. Like next week, I want to make sure I'm there because I know the producer and the stage manager can't be there. So I want to make sure that she's got somebody there to support her. It's just helpful for a first time director to have somebody there to be like, to turn to and go, hey, what do you think of this? And have somebody there to give those answers. But I miss I miss that extra time commitment and being where the box stops, mm. that directing. I do want to get back into it, but I don't know when I'll, when I'll be able to. That's where I think I kind of am pulling away yeah. a bit more personally. We're in very different boats right now. Yeah. I have been overwhelmed at times by the burden I think I've faced in yeah. prior productions, particularly ones I've directed. I was earlier on, but as it got later and I got more comfortable with everything, I was a lot happier with being like, okay, if this show doesn't turn out well, it is on me, but that's okay. And I'm going to do the best I can and help the actors do the best they can. And there's my show. In my case, I think there's also the overlap with my day job, as it were, where Mm -hmm. I've had increasing responsibilities on in the realm of overseeing things and kind of steering, writing the ship when needed. Okay. So that can affect it. That I think is now overlapping with directing before I really had that much level of oversight and responsibility. Directing was the only outlet 
where I was doing anything mm -hmm. remotely similar to that. Now that that has become perhaps more an important part of my day job, the directing part seems like, oh, more of this. <laughs> I can see that. And I've actually moved further away from that, having essentially left my day job six months ago, and I'm now working for myself. It's just me doing what I can, and that's very different. And I kind of, I think I'm more craving that social interaction just because I'm not seeing anybody during the day. It's just me. I feel more like, this is after work. Let, let, let somebody else make the decisions for a while. Yeah. I mean, I'm making the decisions in my own career and that sort of thing as I freelance, but I'm not in charge of anybody else. Correct. Yeah. It pretty much only hurts me if I make the wrong decision. Right. Right. So maybe th that is a piece of the puzzle, as a it were. It's factor. starting to... It's starting to become overbearing in terms of having that level of responsibility. Yeah, but you've always been overbearing. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> You're so forceful, Jim. I, back off. Just back off. When The parts that you don't get to hear in the outtakes is when I'm constantly berating Glenn for everything he's doing wrong as yes. we record this. He's quite the taskmaster. Oh, my goodness. I'm such a slave driver. <laughs> but it's it's interesting that we're kind of coming at this from two different angles now where... One of us wants to be less involved and the other one wants to be more involved. And yet both of us are just sitting here talking about being involved. I know. I guess the overarching theme in my case where I'm coming from is I would prefer moving forward in theater. I would prefer to be more of an individual contributor. Mm -hmm. I'm using work terminology with this, but <laughs> since I'm less of that in my day job, I would maybe like to be more of that in my theater involvement. Now, don't you think that would include acting, though? It could, but that's a separate that's a particular skill set that I may or may not want to exercise. I guess you haven't acted as much as when you first got involved. I know that you kind of stepped back from it. Yeah, that's been, I would say, over the last decade. I yeah. think I've acted in one play in that time. And is Maybe that, two, sorry. Was that just kind of less interest, less confidence, less... Like, what caused you to step back It was back a mix of those things, I think. And do you think that's kind of going the same way on the directing end now? Possibly. Do you think going back to acting might be something you'd be interested in? Not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> You've just had it with theater. We're going to well, have to change the topic of the podcast. Oh, boy. You're going to have to find a new co-host. <laughs> if still... you're interested, you can go to backstage.link, click on contact the show. If and... you'd like my job. <laughs> Let me know if you'd like to be my new co-host. <laughs> well, I think Ollie's uh, gunning for my job. <laughs> He screams too much, though. <laughs> Go back to our episodes, what, late 50s, I guess? Back in the late 50s. Back in the late 50s. <laughs> Listen, now, if you go back to the late 50s, you can hear the outtakes, and you'll hear Ollie shouting. <laughs> You're shouting. Stop shouting. Anyway, but are you, I guess, in line with whether or not you want to continue this podcast, I'm assuming you do, because we're here and we're still talking about it are you losing interest in theater entirely or are you just losing interest in being involved in creating theater that's a great question i, I thought so <laughs> well the fact that i have been willing to say volunteer services and elements say sound design mm -hmm. tells me that i still want to be a part of it in some way right and you still go to shows i still go to shows i still support friends who are doing shows support your local community theater that's right being i would tend to say at this point that being shouldering as much of the responsibility of 
the production is maybe not where I'm at right now. Okay. So chipping in here or there on the like tech end of things and just that is certainly what I would put in the forefront of my mind is a way to continue to be involved with it. That's fair. Maybe other stuff. I don't know. Maybe if I say explore my photography interest more, maybe Mm -hmm. I can get more involved with publicity stuff, possibly headshots, headshots, uh, videography, maybe if that opportunity comes up, Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So, so you're still interested in theater. Let's, let's just get real here. Do you want to keep the podcast going? Sure. Okay. Just making sure. I don't want to force you. <laughs> this has been, in some cases, much more entertaining than going to certain rehearsals. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. It's we almost usually more have fun talking about it than actually doing it. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> actually, I, I am missing a rehearsal as, as we speak to be recording this. Uh-oh, but, you've outed yourself. Well, I knew this ahead of time, and I told her, hey, I can't make it. Sorry. But, you know, this podcast, at least to me, is is important to do, and I do enjoy doing it, and... It almost feels like since I've gone freelance, this almost feels like part of my job, even though I'm not getting paid. Well, I continue to enjoy doing this. And as long as I can continue to provide a meaningful contribution to its content, I will do so. Are either of us really providing any meaningful contribution? Or if I become too rusty and out of the loop that I have nothing meaningful to say anymore, then we're you might need to fire out of the me. Loop. We're both fairly out of the loop, but we have experience behind us. Yes, I can rely more on my prior knowledge than on my current activity, although yeah. certainly... Lately, I've been able to rely much more on current recent activity. And I haven't really been involved in a show in like, other than the consulting directing, I think it's been two years. I'm trying to remember. I know I did, I think Arsenic and Old Lace was the last time I was on stage. And then Don't Drink the Water was the last time I directed. So it's been, Barley Sheaf is in its 52nd, or did they just start the 53rd season? So it might be three plus years. Doesn't seem like it's been Well, I've lost count. I know I have, clearly. <laughs> I would also say maybe underlying some of this is perhaps getting a little tired of the interpersonal drama that can pop up. Yeah, theater people do like being dramatic. Yeah, I am not that way, and it gets uncomfortable to deal with. I agree with that, and I think that's one of the reasons that I don't serve on theater boards for more than a couple of years at a time, and then I need a break, because you hear a lot more about the, the drama that goes on backstage. We could certainly have a whole episode on backstage drama, except that we don't want to out anybody with that. No, it's not my intention here, but I would say more often than not in the most, more of the most recent productions that I've been involved with, there's been that element to Mm -hmm. it. And it's been more and more of a turnoff. It's been a feeling of dealing with that. Does that outweigh the benefits of Mm -hmm. doing the show? Do you think we were more directly involved with offstage drama when we were younger. I think there was a certain extent of that. Speaking for myself, I might have had my own personal issues to deal with, but Mm -hmm. in terms of interactions with others, I don't feel that way. I certainly didn't do that intentionally, but, you know, just getting, before I was married, being involved in relationships with different theater people, that certainly lent itself to some drama. I don't know if I developed any sort of reputation or anything because I, you know, I was a single guy in my thirties doing theater and there are other single people involved and things happen, but I I don't know. It certainly wasn't my intent, obviously to create backstage offstage drama, but I have to think that to a certain extent people were talking behind my back. I don't know that I ran into that as much myself, at least in the shows that I was involved Mm -hmm. in. I don't think, who knows, if I really were to dissect that. 
dwell on that for a moment, but... Well, if you know of any drama that Jim was involved in, you can go to backstage.link, click on contact the show, and oh, let boy. us know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks swarm for Swarm of emails going, I remember this one time. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> but I, that, that element to it that keeps popping up when there are those backstage conflicts or personality conflicts, mm-hmm. that just... That, to me, is just getting older and older. And I agree. As we get older and older, that gets older and older. Yeah. And you just don't want to deal with it. I think in some cases it's become more prevalent in some of the more recent productions I've been involved mm-hmm. in. And it's getting to the point, I think, where it's really becoming a major turnoff. Well, it's also it's difficult to deal with because you've got so many different personalities involved and you don't want to you don't want people airing their dirty laundry in the middle of a, a, a production it can be distracting from what you're trying to do. And it's, you just don't want that there. You're looking to escape from life and yeah, and get yeah. involved with some creative endeavor. But when the beast gets its own teeth, as it were, mm-hmm. it can get a little ugly and make you wonder, why did I go yeah. from the jaws of one beast into another, <laughs> into the belly of another? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. It's out of the frying pan into the fire. Yeah. Or, Oh, I liked my metaphor that I oh, sorry. came up with off the top of my head better. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a trade-off, and I guess you get to a certain point where that trade-off is not, there's not enough benefit for the cost. Right. And maybe that's so, where you are now. So maybe I'm looking for ways to be involved that, for one thing, don't involve shouldering as much of the burden, and for another, maybe are more drama-free. Yeah, and I do have to say with the consulting directing, because I'm not there for as much of it, I don't see any of the offstage drama, if there is any. It's entirely possible that the productions I've been working on just don't have it. But that's that trade-off between feeling less involved and being less involved. So is that trade-off worth it for me, or for you perhaps, that because I it's a step further back and not as hands-on with the production makes me feel a little more isolated but sometimes that can be good because you avoid that drama you avoid that interpersonal conflict and that sort of thing yeah having done tech a lot in many previous productions when i tend to start to get more involved relatively later in the game as it were Mm -hmm. and i'm just getting the sense of okay what's the dynamic here how is this shaping up like what is this looking like who's doing what yeah What's what seems to be working well? What are the what are the uh, complications or hangups here? It's kind of interesting to observe, but on one hand, it's not to me at least not entirely disappointing to not always be involved in that in the ground floor. Honestly, I right. guess it depends on in some some of those situations. It may depend on you know whether I'm just coming in to fill a, be a role player, right? And I'm don't really have a lot of emotional investment in what the production is necessarily. Not necessarily a bad thing to be like that. There have been times, though, since you were kind of hitting on that point, there have been times, I think, where the obligatory going out afterward, it was something I always used to do. Mm -hmm. In more recent years, there have been just some nights where I'm like, I'm going home. Yeah. I mean, I get like that, too, uh, partly because, you know, I know I'm going to be woken up at five in the morning by my kid the next day anyway. And also it's just like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired. I just want to go home. For me, it's more a matter of eh, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, that's you, fair. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure with the show I'm working on now, 
I'm only going to be there for opening weekend, mm-hmm. and then I'm on vacation for the uh, next two weekends. So I probably will go out because it's going to be my only opportunity to do that. Sure. Yeah. But I can't understand that when I've been there like all three weekends and I've been available for, for that. Uh, granted, there were some nights I believe that I didn't even go until like after my son went to bed. So I'd show up halfway through the show. And then it's just like, you know, all right, I've been here for an hour or whatever. And good job. And uh, see you. Bye. <laughs> and that's that. Well, it it also raises the point of, okay, this is what you're giving up if you are more of a periphery, peripheral mm-hmm. member or involved in a more peripheral way is, yeah, you, you lose a little bit of that bonding impact. Yeah. And it's maybe, a trade-off. And maybe that's less important in a situation where these are people that you already know pretty well for them, or a lot, know a lot of them pretty well already. So right. you already have kind of that built-in bond. Sometimes I'm more inclined to want to spend more time with them if that's the case. Like if you were working on a show, I'd be more inclined to be like, hey, let's go out and grab a beer after the show. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I I don't know. There's no conclusion here. I think there's at least part of this is just that, you know, we're getting older and things change when you get older. (laughs) I can put up with less nonsense from you people. (laughs) Get off my lawn. (laughs) Get off my stage. (laughs) So... Next week, we'll be a little bit older, maybe a little bit wiser, maybe a little bit dumber. We'll have maybe a topic and not this uh, therapy session. We may have killed some more brain cells. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, pass the beer. <laughs> but until then, thank you for tuning in. Uh, of course, you can, if you want to leave a comment or have a suggestion for a future episode. Yeah, or... enough with the therapy sessions. <laughs> you can go to backstage.link, click on contact the show. And if you have enjoyed this episode or enjoy our podcast in general, please leave a review, subscribe if you haven't already, tell a friend. Tell many of your friends. Yes, we'd like to get our numbers up even more. Yes. (laughs) Until next week, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And thank you for joining us backstage. Bye-bye. And now for babbling, I have no idea where we're going with this. Neither do I. Ready? I guess so. Would you prefer I fart when I do it? Oh my god, we have one of your burps for the outtake. It's usually me. <laughs> yeah, I guess the foot's in the other hand now. <laughs> Become overloud. Overloud. Spoiler alert. Uh Uh-oh.